morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. It's great to see you this morning. I'm glad to be on another show with you. We've got six points right here at 6 a.m. for you. Today's discussion is will lukewarm Christians make heaven? Not will they make the rapture? Not will they be able to communicate with God? Does God love still shed abroad for them? No. The question I want to answer today is will lukewarm Christians make heaven? Let's go to prayer and then let's get into the word today. Lord, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for this time together. Lord, we thank you for everything you're doing for us. And we just lift up your holy name. I ask for every person listening under the sound of my voice that they'd be helped this morning. They'd be empowered and they'd be equipped with your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Turn with me into your Bible to the book of Revelation, the third chapter. I want to talk about where Jesus points out lukewarm Christianity must have been an important point for Jesus to have to bring it up. And he talks about it in the third chapter of the book of Revelation, where he explains to John, who's receiving this revelation on the island that he's on, but he's receiving this revelation in understanding about what present churches are going through. And this church that he's discussing this with, with Jesus is telling uh, this to John, is the Laodicean church is fall has fallen victim to this particular thing that Jesus wants to point out to us today. And if you've heard any of my other podcasts, and you can go listen to these under the Book of Revelation study that we did right on my homepage, there's a playlist with all the Book of Revelation studies that we've done. You can read and or or listen to the uh, series I did about this particular chapter, or chapter 2 and 3 of the Book of Revelation, that these are uh, these particular churches that Jesus is pointing out, are the churches of that day and even pertain to churches today. These are churches that will be present in the world from presently where we are right now until the end of time. And any of the effects that these churches go through will be experiences that churches go through today, which is why this was brought to us in the book of Revelation. This wasn't for a storybook for us. This wasn't, wasn't something just for us to read about history and facts and to learn a historical lesson. This is to apply. It's applicable to your and my life today. It's very practical. And so what Jesus explains here in the book of Revelation, the third chapter, we're going to read in verse 14, where he's speaking directly to a a particular church and what that church is dealing with and how prevalent this is today is unfathomable. I can't put to words how much this is relevant today. And it's one of the last churches that he discusses. Uh, I don't know what I'm not I'm not being prophetic about it, but it is interesting if to say the least prophetic to say the most that that's the last church that's mentioned in the book of Revelation. In fact, it's interesting. This is this is a very interesting fact that the things that the Laodicean church is dealing with and going through in the book of Revelation is so prevalent in today's society, He was. we were warned about it as one of the biggest signs that we would see in the end times, is people departing from faith, is what the Bible says. Jesus said it, Paul prophesied it, it was spoken multiple times in the New Testament, it's referenced in Titus, it's referenced in, in Philemon, the, the book of Philemon. Uh, it's referenced throughout the book of Revelation that in these in the very last times of the existence of the age, there would be people that were once a part of, once part of the kingdom of God, once Christians, they would begin to depart from faith. They'd begin to move away from faith. 
And we're seeing that more than ever. And this is the last church that Jesus mentions in the book of Revelation of the seven churches that he explains to John. So there's some significant relevance here. Pay close attention to this because you don't want to fall victim to these things. These are not things that you intentionally go into. It's not that you sit in your room and you plot about going into these things or having this type of mindset or or being lukewarm. This is something you fall into. This is something that you gradually slip into and you become aware of it by someone telling you. You don't become aware of it because you have an epiphany and go, wow, I'm slipping away. You have an awareness of it because someone preaches it to you. That's what Jesus had to do. He had to explain it to people. He had to tell people, you, you've got to turn from the ways that you're going, the path that you're going down. You've got to go a different direction than where you're going. Sell all that you have. Give everything you have and come follow me. Remember what he told the rich young ruler? He said, sell all that you have. He gave direction for a change of direction. And this is what he's going to do for the lukewarm Christian. It's not going to become because you deconstruct your faith. This is a very popular thing among millennials, among even the younger generation from my age. I'm 34. So even young, at the time of this um, broadcast, I'm 34. But the, the, uh, uh, teach, this teaching will probably go on for a long time, uh, more than just this year. But the people younger than me, that's a popular phrase now is deconstructing your faith, really examining who you are in faith. There's no deconstructing. I want to construct my faith based on the word of God. I want to build my house, not on the sands and the wavy, uh, faltering, weak sands of philosophy based on the earth. I want to base my foundation of my building upon the word of God. And that's what, if you're going to call that deconstructing faith, it's a very loose term to use. I'm going to construct my faith based on the word of God. That's the only place faith comes from. So let's get into this Revelation chapter three. Um, Point number one is what did Jesus mean when he said cold or hot? Let's look at this reference in in the New Testament. Verse 14 of Revelation three. And to the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, these things say, says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich, you've become wealthy and have need of nothing. Do you not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich, white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and the anoint your eyes with the salve that, that you see as many as I love and rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. What did Jesus point? Number one, what did Jesus mean by cold or hot? There's a philosophy out there. I've heard this, that it's okay to be cold or hot because Jesus gave an alternative. He said, I'd rather you be cold or hot, but I want to explain something to you that the Greek or the, the expression of what was said here in this verse does not reference. I'd rather you be cold in the terms of just pick one because both have benefits. No, it expresses the passion that Jesus has for not being in between either one or the other, because there's two ways to get, uh, to miss heaven. There's two ways to miss heaven. One way to make heaven. I want to repeat that. Make this clear, write it down in your book, tattoo it on your arm. If you have to stamp it on your forehead, stamp it on your mirror in your bathroom, There's two ways to to miss heaven. There's only one way to make heaven. You don't make heaven being cold or lukewarm. 
you make heaven being hot for God. And Jesus said it very clearly. Because you're lukewarm, he'll spew you out of his mouth. Now, let me explain this to you. I've heard the philosophy that there's an idea that cold is still a benefit and hot has a benefit. Jesus isn't saying that. Jesus is saying, I'd rather you be decided. Not that cold is the preference. He'd rather you be decided on one or the other. But in his reference, let me tell you what the Greek says about it because the translation of this explains an interesting story. Revelation 3 and 15, when he says, I'd rather you be cold or hot, that word cold in the Greek is is psychros. The word psychros means to means the uh, destitute of warm, destitute of warm Christian faith and the desire for holiness. That's what that term means. It mean it doesn't mean cold in terms of temperature. When he said that in the Greek, when that word was uttered from the word from the mouth of Jesus, he did not mean cold in temperature. He said dis a dis a destitute of warm Christian faith, an absence of warm Christian faith and a absence of the desire for holiness. It's what cold means. And Jesus said, I'd rather you be cold or hot because he doesn't want you undecided. The the indecision still gets you to a cold state. Indecision for Christianity still gets you to a cold state. You you can't be undecided. You can be whatever you want to be. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to condemn people for, or I'm not going to sit here and try and tell you what to do. I'm going to, I'm going to translate the Bible to you. I'm going to help you understand these that because I've understood it, I'm seeking to understand. Therefore I can be understood. I'm seeking to understand what these things mean, which makes it easy for me to understand this word cold. When he said, I'd rather you let's read what he says again. I know your works that you're neither cold or hot. You're not either. Meaning you're not destitute of the desire for these things. Meaning you you don't you don't want to not be on fire for God. You're not on fire for God. Well, let's read the translation so we can read this differently. Let's look at the Greek for the word hot. The word hot in the Greek that Jesus uttered here was zestos. So he said, I'd rather I can't say the whole phrase in Greek. I don't know that language. But when he spoke it, he said this you're neither psychros. Uh, or zestos. So those phrases mean you're neither you're neither destitute of warm Christian faith or or a desire for holiness. You're not that. And neither are you zestos, neither do you have a fervor of mind or zeal for holiness. Neither you don't have either of those. You're in an in-between state. You're in a state where you're just mediocre. You know that you shouldn't uh, be in sin and you know that you should have a zeal for holiness. You just don't, you know, that you should stay away from certain things. You just don't, you you know, you, you got this understanding, but you just don't do it. That my friend is lukewarm. That is in between. And he said, I'd rather you be, be absent of warm Christianity. I'd rather you be absent of the faith and desire for holiness than to be an in-between state where you're neither because it still gets you to a cold state. 
it still gets you to a place where you you miss the things of God because you're in a cold state, that lukewarm state. Lukewarm doesn't air to one side or the other. It always airs to the colder side. You ever notice that? If you leave something out in the kitchen, it never just gets hotter. It gets always to the room temperature and then colder because it's in a state of stagnancy. It doesn't get hotter. So Jesus said, I'd rather you be cold or hot, not in between. And what does he say about the in-betweens? He says them because you are lukewarm, not because you're cold. He didn't say because you're cold, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Because cold, see, when, you're, when you have no desire to be holy, he, that, we can do something about that. I can, I can help you with that by the anointing that's in me. You can help others that deal with that by the anointing that's on you. God can do something with cold people. You can't do something with a lukewarm person because they have what they need. They're just not using it. It's like having the food that you want to heat up and you don't use the mic, the mechanism to heat up that product. You have a stove. Like in my house, I've got a gas stove. We have gas where I live, uh, natural gas. So we don't have to pay for like propane in the ground and different things like that. We just pay for a service to open up the floodgates of gas for our home. So our appliances, different things in our home, we can access that gas. Well, when I turn it on, it's not a heat. It doesn't heat up by electricity and heat coils. And then I put, no, if fire comes out, that fire comes out of it. And depending on how much I want of that fire, I just turn a knob, but the fire is present. I always have the fire on my stove. I want to be super spiritual and say to you, that's why I live where I live is so I can have the fire at all times of whenever I want. No, that's not why I live where I live. But my point is I've got access to that fire. If I never utilize the fire, if I never turn on that and hear that clicking noise and then it, it, that, that spark sparks a flame by the that natural gas coming through the stove, that's how it ignites the stove. I'm never going to have heated food on that stove. I'm never going to be able to utilize the heat that's coming from that, but it's available to me. But you can't do anything with someone that has it and doesn't use it. What are you going to do? Give them more of it? Like if I were to never pay the company to to open the valve to give me access to the natural gas that's in our area, what what is more going to do? Here, take more gas. Here, have more gas. Well, you're not using what you have. You haven't even opened the gate to what you have available to you. So God's saying, I would rather you just abandon ship, go one direction, go completely this direction so we can either pull you, we can sway you, I can anoint you, I can send someone to speak to you. But when you get stuck in a lukewarm state, you don't, you're, you're in a place where you don't care either way. You don't care if you go to hell. You don't care if you go to heaven. You're stuck in the vein of this is where I want to be. I like where I'm at. I'm not content or I'm I'm content where I'm at. I'm not trying to go further. I'm not trying to go backwards. I'm just kind of where I am. God hates that. He says those type of people, though, you confess Jesus because that's what lukewarm is. You know, you're kind of cold. You're kind of hot. That's what lukewarm is. You've had, a, you've had some taste of this stuff. He's going to vomit you. Verse 15, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. 
I'll spew you from my very presence because I don't want the indecision. That's what he's saying here. He's, he's not condoning coldness. He's saying, I'd rather you pick one or the other. We can do something about cold. We can do something about hot. Can't do anything about being lukewarm. So examine yourself today. Sit right where you were presently at. Maybe not on the broadcast if you're live, but maybe if you're watching this, if you're listening to this audio broadcast, you're driving in your car, you're at work, you've got your headphones in, wherever you presently are, sit and examine. Where, where do I sit? Am I in a stagnant state? Am I in a, a place where my Christianity is, is in a stagnant mundane place where I'm not passionate. I'm not drive. I have a driving force to move forward for the things of God. I'm kind of just in this stagnant, weak position. I'm kind of in this, I don't really want to do it. And I know I should. I just kind of, if you're in that unwavering or, or in that wavering kind of mundane floating aura of life, you've got to get things straight because God will not have you part of him. Not my words. I'm not yelling at you, making a point that Jesus said he'll spew you from his mouth. There's no, your body has no, and you, if doctors, people that are scholars in medical health in the body and anatomy, you could help me with this, but there's really no better way than your body to extract something than through vomit. That is your body, and a part pardon the, the grotesqueness, but your body, you, you got to understand, that's what the example Jesus used here. When your body has something that doesn't agree with it, when your body gets something inside of it that goes, this is not sitting with me, I don't need, I don't want this in me, it projects it from itself, uh, unwillingly. <laughs> it's not like you're like, you know, some people have done that willingly. Well, we don't need to go down that road. But unwillingly, a lot of times, it comes up because your body's going, get get this away from me. I don't want it in me. I want it away from me unwillingly. You know, the, the Bible says God's unwilling that any should perish. He said, it's not my will that any should perish, yet people perish. Because God holds true to his word stronger than he holds to his own. The Bible says he holds closer to his word than he does his own name. So above what he feels, what he wants, his love for you, beyond that, he sticks to his word because he's a God of his word. He sticks to his word. He makes a commitment. He makes a covenant. He sticks to that. And he's not going to bend the rules and bend things because he feels bad for you. How do I know that? Because he said he's not willing that any should perish but yet people perish whole generations of people perish because God's will does not go above his word. He, he, he's willing, he loves you, but it's, it's, he's not saying I, I'm going to, I'm choosing to vomit that it's, it's a, a it's a projectile thing. It, it, you have to get away from him. His body, the body of Christ rejects that. That's why people that we're going to part to this. 
So there's a part two that's available. If you're watching live, you'll watch tomorrow. If you're not watching live, you just go to part two right after this and you can watch the second part or listen to it if you're on watching on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe on my YouTube channel. You'll get all these great things. And subscribe to my email as well. You'll get these six points. Today, we're only going to make it through uh, one point, but we'll go through the other five points tomorrow. But today, we're getting through one point that why, what did Jesus mean by cold or hot? So now you understand based on the Greek and the true understanding of it. But think about this. He project, he, he gets it. He wants it away from him. Why do you think it is that some people within church, butt heads with each other, some people within families, butt heads with each other, they believe in God. They love God. They believe in Jesus. They've accepted Jesus as their savior. Why do you think that is? Because, because cold and hot don't mix. You can't get the two. It becomes lukewarm when you mix cold and hot. That's what I like when I'm done shaving and I do believe it or not, even though I've got a beard, I do shave and keep it trimmed. But when I'm done shaving, I, I, I get that water as hot as I possibly can while I'm shaving that, that thing, that, the, the blades to a touch are scorching hot because it just makes for a nicer cut. You don't, you just, you, it doesn't, you know, you need it hot when you're shaving. It goes back to cold or hot. You could shave with cold, but it'd be painful. But lukewarm just doesn't do it. So I got to crank that heat and it gets on my face. And I, you know, I put a rag on it. I've got some nice, you know, aftershave and all these different things that I put on my face. But while I'm washing stuff off my face, that water's cranked hot. It's, I don't just splash that water on it. I get it on my blade. But when I want to cool my face down and I want to wipe the, the, you know, the ex- excess shaving cream off and different things off my face. I, I, all I do is I leave the, the heat on the hot water cranked and I just turn on that cold a little bit and it makes that water tolerable, makes it nice and cool. It's not cu- cold. It's not hot. I don't want it freezing. I don't want to put ice water on my face, but it, t- it takes the edge off. That's lukewarm. It takes the edge off, takes the zeal out, takes the passion out. It's just normal. There's nothing, nothing crazy about it. And hot does not mesh with lukewarm. Hot does not mesh with cold. And notice that hot doesn't get hotter when cold gets around it. And cold gets warmer when hot gets around it. But what happens to hot? Hot cools down when cold gets around it. Hot never gets hotter. Hot never gets hotter. And cold never gets, gets colder. It turns into this lukewarm, mediocre state. Well, I'm going to help my friends that are, that are, uh, you know, they're, they're lukewarm for Christ. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get around them and, uh, or they're cold for Christ. I'm going to get around them and, and I'm going to patch them up. Yeah. If you haven't already, you need to get away from them because you're going to turn into a lukewarm Christian. Yeah. That's what I'm speaking to you. He didn't say go into all your clicks, go into all your friendships that you have. And w- no, you've already tried that. You've already done, you've had an opportunity to do that and you failed at it. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he sends laborers to those people and you go deal with some people that don't know who you are. They don't know your past. They don't know your actions. They don't know your attitude. They don't know all these things. Go to some other people. But this is why people in the church butt heads. This is why people in relationship butt heads. You think it's because, you know, people are just mean or people are just indifferent. No, lukewarm doesn't mix with hot. Cold doesn't mix with hot. Lukewarm doesn't mix with cold. Lukewarm is a mediocre, boring state. Give me a cold person. Give me someone who rejects Christ. I can deal with that person better than I can deal with a lukewarm person. There's nothing worse than someone being convicted, you being convicted about something. 
and you having a conversation with somebody that you're convicted, you're convinced about a thing, and you're convinced you're conveying that conviction to somebody, and they're going, Yeah, it's so true, it's so good, so true. Yet they're not living in the thing that you're convicted of, they're just agreeing with you. That's so good, so true, so mm, so good. Well, you're you you're living in sin. You're living in this thing. You're literally the thing that I'm explaining to you. Nothing worse than that. So don't put yourself around it. And this is why people don't like people that are on fire, hot, passionate for God is because they're not. So don't be offended by lukewarm people. Don't be offended by it. it, it like your your stomach like pushes it away. You ever had something that uh, just your body rejects? It's like you don't even react to it. It just happens. It's just, you're like, whoa, that that didn't sit well with me. It's not like you thought about it. You're like, hmm, you know what? That thing had mold all over it. And I don't, I just, I, my body rejects. No, your body just goes, nope, and spits it out away from you. That's what God does to lukewarm people. He doesn't even have time to think about it. He says he vomits it because it he just, the body of Christ rejects it. It, re it gets it away from him because he doesn't want to have it. It, his body can't accept that. Ooh, boy. So tune in for part two of this. You don't want to miss this. Parts two, uh, part two of this will go through two, three, four, five, and six. I'm looking at these notes. I even have a number seven. I gave you an extra point. Uh, maybe we'll have to move the show till 7 a.m. to do that. But I hope this blessed you this morning. Uh, we've got a minute to spare. I'll give you that extra minute because I went super hard for you today. So uh, bless you, love you, thank for all you do, for sharing this, giving this post to people that could use it, uh, people that support the show. It's a blessing. Um, everybody that supports and gives, it's a wonderful thing. It's why we can have the beautiful studio that we have, uh, the equipment that we have, the streaming service that we have because I want to do things to the best ability that we can. And as I find out more and you know what we could do better, I do that because – you know, we're doing this for God. It's not for me. It's not for you even. It's to, it's to glorify God. That way, that's why if one person watches, I'm going to do it. Um, that's what we do. So I love you. Be blessed today. Share this podcast. I'll see you on the next broadcast, bright and early 6 a.m. But if you're watching this for the first time, it's a different time. You're listening on audio podcast. Go check out part two because it'll bless you. Love you so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.